Attention all business owners. Are you tired of managing your finances and taxes on your own? Let the experts at 1-800-TAX-MASTERS help. Our team of experienced professionals offers a range of services to help you keep your finances in order, from personal and business tax returns to monthly accounting, quarterly, and annual tax planning, and virtual controller and CFO services. With our virtual services, you can get the support you need without ever having to leave your office. Don't let taxes and finances stress you out any longer. Visit www.1800taxmasters.com today and let us handle the numbers so you can focus on growing your business. And welcome to another live episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E. I have a very special guest. She's an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a patient advocate. Welcome to the show, Andrea Wilson-Woods. Thank you so much for having me, Wise. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. So, okay, so th- th- we're going to just get into it. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> but, um, I just want to yeah. just tell everyone I didn't know this was live and I didn't know there was video until about five minutes ago. <laughs> it, it's it's so good. It, it happens. It does. Within the last few months, I've switched it to lives. Really? I, yeah, I've enjoyed doing a lot. Like, <clears throat> to me, it's just being able to interact with the people in the chat sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it, it gives, um, I don't know, I just enjoy it. it. It makes them part of the show, so it, gives, it makes it their show as well. So I agree. Yeah. So you have, you have a, an amazing, you have a, a story. Um, when you were 22, year, 22 years old, you gained custody of your eight-year-old sister, Adrian. I did. Uh, I did. She came to visit me in Los Angeles. It was supposed to be a Christmas vacation, two weeks, and it became a permanent stay. Yeah, that was December of 1994. Okay, so, but it was, it was, I don't know, I don't know how, how you dealt with it, but um, when she was 14, she got diagnosed with cancer 15 15 sorry yeah 15. yeah, yeah. Um, a, mu- a month after her 15th birthday yep wow yeah she was very um very unexpectedly diagnosed i mean the day before she was fine i came home from work um i was actually a teacher and she went to high school from seven to two and i worked from eight to three so we just were an hour off and Normally, I'd walk in the door, and she'd be at the kitchen table doing her homework. That was an actual rule in our house, homework first. And instead, that day, I came home and found her on the living room floor, curled up up in a fetal position and crying and saying she was in pain. And this was a kid who never cried, even if she was in pain. So I knew something was wrong. Um, We went immediately to her pediatrician, and I knew from his reaction, something was much worse than we thought it was. He didn't like the way her abdomen looked and he sent us to the ER. Um, and all of this is like, even though we lived in Los Angeles, this was all contained within the city of Burbank. So everything was very close. So it happened very fast. And so we go to the ER and they wanted to do a CAT scan. And so just to give you a sense of her very dry, very, very witty humor as she was being wheeled in for the CAT scan, she said, hey, sissy, watch it be cancer. And I laughed, you know, she laughed, I laughed. She gets wheeled in, she comes out. It's just the two of us, we're waiting the results. And 
then the ER doctor came in and whatever they thought they were going to find, I knew again, it was so much worse because he wouldn't look at her and he just looked at me and he said, he wouldn't say her name. And he said, she has tumors in her liver and lungs and we're not equipped to handle the situation because this was the only hospital in Burbank and they only treat adults or neonatal. So he said they had arranged for a transfer to Children's Hospital Los Angeles, which which was just over the hill in LA proper. We were in the San Fernando Valley for, for my Southern Cal people. And he apologized and left. He walked out and that was it. And I, I tell people, you don't know how fast your life will change because from the time I came home to the time he gave us that news was less than six hours. That's how fast it was. And before we knew it, we were being... You know, she was in an ambulance. I was with her, and we were being taken to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Wow, I I can't. I'm, and I and I've I've so it's I can imagine how how devastating that news could be, and especially it being your your, your little sister, and and you feel like how can I protect her, or how can I help her, and and. Yeah. I could imagine that it was, it's, yeah. my, my, my heart she goes my out to you. And she was my kid. I mean, I was her legal guardian and, and I actually sued our mother in court and won. And um, yeah, I mean, it just happened so fast. I didn't go back to work as a teacher until I began homeschooling her in the fall. She didn't go back to school in person. Um, she was very close to finishing out uh, her freshman year of high school and they just let her considered it finished because the last three weeks of school weren't going to make a, a big difference. And she spent the whole summer fighting cancer. So it was just, it was really, and because it was in her lungs, it was stage four, it was metastatic. And um, the official diagnosis was hepatocellular carcinoma, which is primary liver cancer. One of, one of the most common uh, liver cancers in the world. And, um, yeah, it was just so quick. You know, I, I think about it now how quick, how quickly everything changed. I mean, uh, two days later, she had a biopsy that confirmed the diagnosis, and she was doing chemo less than a week later. Oh, I, 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 I'm like speechless. speechless. It's like, <laughs> a lot of people it, are. <laughs> no, it, no, I'm, and honestly, I've, I've, it was. I've been through some tragedies and I know how I felt after losing the people that I lost. I lost an aunt to cancer and with her, she was in her eighties. She, she lived a long life, but it was so quickly. It's like, as soon as they diagnosed her a couple of months later, she was, she was gone. So I could, I know how it feels. And, but, Oh man, especially someone so young. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really quick. I've lost, five other family members to five different kinds of cancer. And in some cases, like your aunt, it was, it was very quick, quick. My, my step grandfather died from head neck cancer and had been initially misdiagnosed. And because of that, they didn't catch it in time. And, but he was 82, you know, I mean, he, he had lived a full life and, and he was, he was very confident. He actually turned down chemotherapy and radiation because he didn't think it would make a difference. And he turned out he was actually right. And, and so, you know, it, very different, you know, um, but I've lost an, an aunt to 
uh, breast cancer. She survived the first time. She didn't the second time, but she was in her mid-70s. Um, I've lost an uncle and grandfather to lung cancer um, and another uncle to bone cancer. Wow. That's, that's, and my heart goes out to you. I know because for me, it was, it was, I suffered one tragedy after another. I was widowed at 31. Oh my goodness. Uh, The the following year, I reunited with my dad after 25 years only to, I I go see him Father's Day weekend. I arrived Friday. He passes away Saturday. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Um, I've lost two siblings, one to, um, sickness and the other one to a heroin overdose i lost my aunt to cancer i lost the uncle to a free guy so i understand these when 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 you go through these tragedies and for for a long time i i dealt with it the wrong way um i was not in the right space it took me time to to get back on the path and 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 seek the help that i needed to seek because i i wasn't processing the grief the right way i was i was dealing dealing with it all the wrong way what does that mean, dealing with it the wrong way, though? Um, well, for me, maybe that was what I needed at that moment. So maybe I wasn't, de- but people would might look at it as dealing it with. But I guess that's what I had to experience. That's how I was dealing with the grief at that time. Right. And and so it took it took some time. It took a lot of years. I was angry. Yeah. A lot of years and. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's no roadmap to grief. There just isn't. And everybody handles it differently. Um, I was in a very serious relationship at the time. And um, my boyfriend was really the only father figure my sister ever had. Her father died before she was born in a car accident. So we have the same mother, different fathers. And he had a son. And his son and my sister were really close in age. So they were very much like siblings. And we had our family. And... And after she died, he became so angry and and at one point became a falling down drunk. I mean, it was it was really, really bad. And I was just so terribly sad and devastated and trying so hard not to be devastated. And I'm not good at giving advice on this topic, but I do say to people that you do have to you, I heard this great phrase recently, you have to feel to heal. And for a long time, I tried not to feel, and I didn't really numb my pain. I wasn't numbing my pain with alcohol like my my boyfriend was at the time, but but I just, um, you know, kept going, just kept going, and and tried to be okay with everything. And I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay for a really, really long time. I was not okay, um, and that's really hard for people to deal with. It, it is, and but. So some it was for, somebody asked me a question like when they would like would I want to go through it all again through all through all the loss and all the tragedies and my answer my answer surprised them it, it was yes yeah. and and they go I said I wouldn't wish it on anyone yeah but it's what's helped make me who I am I, I I've I had to experience all those tragedies and all those loss to help help me along my way and 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 help give me the strength to be able to deal with some of these to deal with these tragedies and so I wouldn't change it for the world 
I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I wouldn't change it because it's made me who I am today. It's yeah. helped mold me into the person I am. I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you ever see that Amy Adams movie? I think it's called Arrival. It's sort of sci-fi-ish. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things I love about that movie is that, of course, she's she's able to translate whatever these, you know, these beings that have come to visit Earth. And she's the only person who can really understand them and figure out their language. But what she learns is that if you remember that time there, there's no past, present or future. The way they experience time is quite different than the way we experience time. So she was actually able to see her future and she was able to see that her colleague, who was just a colleague played by Jeremy Renner, that they were going to end up dating and get married and have a child, a daughter actually, and that she was going to die from cancer at the age of 12 or 13. Like she saw everything that was going to happen before it did. And what I love about that movie is that didn't change, you know, like she knew what was going to happen and she did it anyway. And that's how I feel about it. It's like, I would do anything, absolutely anything to have been able to save my sister. And I feel like I did everything I could possibly do at the time. Um, and I would never want her to go through that again. But if someone had said to me, you know, on December 19th, 1994, when she came bounding off that plane, if they had said to me, number one, you're going to end up getting custody of her. This is not a two-week vacation. And number two, she's going to die in less than seven years. If, if someone had said that to me, I, I just, I would still want to do it all over again because raising her was really changed me as a person and made me a better person for sure, hands down. Yeah, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I feel you completely, and <laughs> and it's 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 those relationships that you've I had with these people that helped me understand. Like, cause like I said, for for a long time, I was angry, and yeah. I did self medicate with numbing it with alcohol, and and so it 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 was is. It's like I said, it, it, for me, yes, I wouldn't want anyone else to go through it or suffer through it again, but it's it's what's helping me make, help, helping me now and it's helping me share my story and helping hopefully someone else can hear this message and hear our story and listen to what we've been through and might suffer through something similar and be like, they made it through this. So yeah. can I. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the reason I, I do my podcast is to be able to share my story and to have people come in and share their story because you never know who's listening. That's you never true. know you never know who's out there that might be going through something and they can hear our story and it could touch them and it could change their lives and like hey these these people went through so much loss and, and so much tragedy and and no one would blame them if they gave up. But look at them they they're. they're they're trying to make a difference. They're trying to impact people's lives in a way that the only way we know how, because I yeah. think this, this, this is what they would want from, from us is to be able to help people get through whatever grief or loss or, or whatever it is. You know, I'm glad you mentioned giving up because I, I wanted to give up. Oh, I was I, so, so deep in my depression. Right. And I became really um, about a year after Adrian died, I became very suicidal. And um, 
that's, I ended up starting my nonprofit Blue Fairy because I was just trying to channel my grief because I was so right on the edge of suicide. I mean, I had it all planned out. I knew exactly what I was going to do and how I was going to do it make sure I had like a fail safe in place. <laughs> I'm, I'm a meticulous planner. So, I mean, I had this whole thing planned out. It was pretty uh, crazy. And I remember that I knew that I, I was still really struggling, but I knew I didn't want to die when it was about three years later and I was on a flight, a uh, direct flight from Boston to LAX and it was during the summer and that's the worst turbulence. I wouldn't even call it turbulence. That's not a strong enough word for what we experienced. Like everybody in that plane thought, oh God, we're just going to die. Like we're all going to die. Yeah. yeah. We were coming into these storms. I think it was the monsoons over Arizona and the plane was just like up, up, down, down, down. I mean, people were like clutching hands and praying and it was just it was crazy. And I remember like when we landed and I got outside, I actually got on the ground and this is so dis disgusting. I do not recommend it. But <laughs> I got on the ground and I kissed the concrete. I was like, I'm on the ground. I'm in LA. I'm home. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, like I, I don't want to die anymore. I still wasn't okay. But, but in that moment, I, I mean, I easily could have died in that plane um, along with everybody else. But at that moment I was like, okay, I don't want to die. Like, yeah. Like, I really don't want to die. And and so that's when I knew I was kind of past that little part of it. Yeah, because I, I, I feel you. I know I I was not, I was, <laughs> I was not a happy person. I was miserable. I, I, I and, and, and you know what it was? I, I hit it well. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do it in front of other people. I didn't, it was with, it was when my, I was by myself. And, but it, it was, it just gives you that, um, to me, it just, when, when I, when, when I finally sought the help that I needed and, and started and went to counseling and, but it was, it was started with some voice in my head, like, this is not you, this is not what your, this is not your path. This is not what you're supposed to do. We need to get you straight. And yeah. And I went and sought the help and, and turned my life around and I got remarried. I have a, an amazing wife. I have uh -huh. a, a great career. I have a podcast that's doing well. I'm networking with some amazing people. I'm, I'm having some, some great conversations with people and, and I'm impacting people's lives with the show. Yeah. And so it's just been, oh man, like, like someone in the in the in the chat is life changing. What what we've been through mm. is definitely life changing, and I I've, I just love doing this. I love being able to share my story. I love being able to have my guests share their story. Yeah, I, I you know, and it's interesting to hear that you were angry, right? I, yeah. I was not. I didn't experience anger because I, I really struggled with, well, who am I mad at? You know what I mean? So I really kind of, I struggled with, with anger. I, I just didn't experience it. I experienced yeah. everything else. And then here's the crazy thing about grief is that it, it can just sneak up on you. And I'll never forget 17 years after my sister died. So this was just a couple years ago. I was watching the series finale of a stupid TV show that got kicked off a network and went to Netflix. Like I remember this so exactly. And, and in this series finale, it looked like they got canceled the last minute. So they threw a whole bunch of stuff together, but like one of the main characters daughter 
graduated from high school, then graduated from college. Like they showed all this fast forward of her daughter's life. And my sister loved school and she was a straight A student, an honor student. She was really, even from the time she was six years old, she was excited about going to college. I mean, she knew exactly, you know, where she wanted to go. And she just, she loved school. And I remember I was there, I was by myself, I was sitting on the couch. And in that moment, watching the show, and it only lasted like five minutes, but I was livid. I was so enraged. Like I could feel how red my face was. Tears were just streaming down my face. And I was just so angry that I didn't get to see her graduate from high school. And I didn't get to see her graduate from college. And I didn't get to experience any of those milestones with her. And like I said, it didn't last very long. It was just a couple of minutes. But I was really blown away by just the the power of that anger that came up after all those years. It's like, oh my gosh, wow, that's still there. It's still there. Um, it really, it snuck up on me. It did. Oh, I, I know. I, I know how that feels, believe me. And I was angry for a long time. And then I came and realized, like, why am I so angry? Why am, why am I angry? Why am I angry over something I had no control over? Yeah. And when that hit me, that when that that really woke me up, like, oh man, yeah, no, this, this I have to I have to change my life, which which I've I, I'm 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 on the right path, and I'm doing and I'm doing what I love, which is podcasting. I'm I'm networking with some amazing people. I'm we're airing now on the BS3 network as well as airing live. I, I see that. Hello. <laughs> yes. we, um, it, it it's been a great. It's it's been it's been a great journey, and I'm and I'm looking forward to what this year has has to offer because 2022 was was all about the networking and and now 2023 is it's you can see the 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 fruits of all the all the networking and everything and all the relationships you you're building and it's 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 that feeling to that. Like, all right, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and and things are just falling into place. You still, I still have you. Still have your days, but that's what life is: is you deal with struggles and you keep going. Oh, I love these Facebook comments and hello, Angela. So I can see her name. I can't see the other yes. people's names. So but... Yes, if if they don't accept on Facebook, they don't accept uh, the Streamyard. Something with Streamyard, and so we won't be able to see their name. But um, I'm sure they're, they're regular followers that I have that. So that's awesome. And that's why I like going live because they get, again, their interaction and they get to hear the stories and they get to actually express themselves. And and so it was it was a no brainer when I decided to go live because first I simply I was simply audio at first. I know because that's what your profile says on Podmatch. <laughs> yes, I, I have to change. I have to update it. But I was strictly. You do. That's what you don't have on a lot of makeup, dude. <laughs> or but, my hair oh, but, is not but, done but, at all. But it is. But it is going on to the audio podcast. This is going on the audio podcast. But I was strictly audio, and then I was interviewing a, a couple. They were um, their branding um, strategists, and they go, "So you don't do video." And I'm like, no, not yet. I'm not ready. So, so you don't do video? I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not sure. And then the third time they asked me, I goes, yes, I do video. So <laughs> then I went to pre-recorded, 
And then this earlier this year, a friend of mine, he asked me to co-host um, his show while he was out battling cancer, which he he kicked kicked butt and 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 he's doing he's doing well, he's recovering well, and so he um he's like, I would like for you to co-host my show. He's like, I, he um linked me up with uh, his his co- his partner Cole Johnson and. And two days of the week, I helped them. Co- I'm a co-host on on a sports talk radio show, and I get to talk about sports. It's not huh? Mark Kelly, is it? No, By no. Okay, just curious. I'm just curious. No, um, it's, it's No Man in the Morning, and okay. with uh, with Cole Johnson, and we they we do it live, so the chat be just going jumping and and just the conversations we have with people in the chat. That's cool. That inspired me to to go live. That was like. I like this aspect. I like this part where I get to answer questions or if they have a great comment and I yeah, get to share yeah. it and my yeah. guests enjoy it as well. So I'm like, okay. I'm happy to answer any questions if people have them. So, um, and tell your friend that I'd love to have them on my podcast, Cancer Youth Thrivers. So I, oh, I interview yeah. cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers. Oh, I'll definitely, I'll link you up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, his name yeah. is Brian Snow. He's a, uh, He's an awesome dude. Um, he, we call him Rain Man because when it comes to like sports, he has every this, statistic at oh, his he fingertips. Has this, this knowledge <laughs> on and he'll get some details, and he probably know what the weather condition was like. <laughs> but he, he's awesome. I love him. But I definitely, I'll definitely make the connection and have him on your show. Yeah, yeah I would love to. And I, I just love what this uh, Facebook user said: "Every death cl- close to me has taught me something new about myself." Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It, it does. It does. It touches. It, it impacts you in a different way, especially when it's, it's close like that. With, like you with your sister and me, my brother and my wife and my father. It, it, it makes you look at life completely different. Like, oh, yeah. I know. Like the reason with my podcast, the reason I, I, I've started investing in myself was because I wanted because people are giving me something very precious, which is their time. Yep. And so I wanted to make sure I was giving them the best quality possible as far as my sound, as far as my video, as far as where I'm distributing it and everything. So I just wanted to make sure that they got the value in return for giving me their precious time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And if people hear a very strange noise in the background, my cat's in my lap. <laughs> she just joined the podcast. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not the first time that's happened. I know. I've, she always I, thinks I'm talking to her, and she's purring so loudly. She's I've so had uh, dogs interrupt the show. I've had kids. I've had my grandson interrupt the show. Um, he's, you have he a actually, grandson? You don't look old enough to have a grandson. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Wow. Bryce. Yes. I have well, I have. Two were grandsons and then uh, granddaughter Avery that was just born uh, last oh, month. That's a great name, Avery. Yes, Avery Rose. Oh, that's a beautiful name. And um, yeah, but he um, Bryson actually, I was doing a show and he came in and he saw the bright light under my desk <laughs> and decided that he was going to press it. And I'm right in the middle of the interview. We're having a great conversation and everything goes to black. He and turned like, your light off? No, he cut he cut off my, my power cord, my power. 
Oh, no. He cut everything off. Oh, no. The computer, the camera, the mic, everything went off. And I looked down, and I can't get mad at him because he looks up at me with this smile. He can't <laughs> get upset. But the guest was amazing. The guest, the guest actually kept the show going because he he was actually a host of a, of a podcast himself, so he knows technical difficulties happen. Yeah. And so he kept the show going. Oh, and that's then, awesome. Um, and then he did it again another time. But this time, um, what I did was, because when I got booted out, the guests went into the back room. And so it was just a, my my logo on the screen. So what I did was, um, when I edited, I just, I kept that part in, but um, I, I included uh, technical difficulty signs popping up across the screen. <laughs> so you get creative with it sometimes. That's true. That's true. That's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, you also wrote a book. I know, I'm mm-hmm. sure your, your story has something that's what inspired you to write the book. It did. It did. The book is titled Better Off Ball, The Life in 147 Days. And everywhere books are sold you can go to betteroffball.com to see where it is and um it's that seven year period in my life it's that story of raising my sister and losing her to cancer but i wrote it like a journal because i actually kept a medical diary while she was sick so i had this whole spiral notebook that's full of every single detail of every minute practically of her cancer journey but also my sister was a writer and she had started an online journal before she ever got sick. And I wasn't allowed to read it. Like, like I had all these spies that were allowed to read it to be sure everything was okay, but I was not allowed to read it. So I didn't read this until after she died. And what I do is the chapters are days. So like chapter one is day one. And by, by day three um, or chapter three, I introduce the chapters with her point of view. And, you know, so you really see her point of view as a, a patient, as a teenager with cancer, and then my point of view as the parent and, and primary caregiver. Um, and there was kind of this, this moment where I thought she was getting better and she knew she was getting worse. And she was right. And she, she could feel it in her body. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, you really get to experience both sides of it. So it was a very strategic choice to write it like a journal it's written in present tense. Um, I wanted people to feel like they were there living it with us. And, and most people say they, they do. And then I just, I use flashbacks to fill in the gaps, you know, of those seven years prior to, you know, before she ever got cancer and, and what our lives were like. Again, um, <clears throat> my heart goes out to you because I, I, I can, I feel the pain and it's just, oh, man. And I well, use photos in the book, too, which a lot of people really love. You know, yeah. so, you, again, you get to see you get to see her before cancer. In fact, a month before cancer when she was out with her friends for her birthday to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and, and this crazy getup and makeup she had on, you know. And in that moment, we now know that she had cancer, but we had no idea and because she didn't feel it. And so... So you see, you know, kind of the evolution of, of her as well, of her body um, and, and how, you know, how she deteriorates and, and how thin she gets, um, you know, and, and I know a lot of people said they really appreciate 
the photos in the book? I can, I can imagine that you can just see the transition from, again, like you said, from when, from when you first diagnosed and to, 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 yeah, it, it can be hard, but. And she was so funny because she, you know, I mean, I, I was raising her in Los Angeles and people are, I think it's worse now, but even then people are so obsessed with how they look and she wasn't a real thin kid, you know, she wasn't a big girl, but she was very muscular and she was a perfectly normal weight for her height, but she wasn't a size zero like a lot of her friends. And so she didn't, she felt big and, and she was taller and bigger than I was. And she, when she started losing weight initially, she really liked it. She was like, oh, I'm seven pounds lighter, you know, and she really, she loved it. She was like, this is great. But then, you know, after she lost about 15 pounds and kept losing weight, um, again, she was just so funny. And, you know, and she said, she said at one point, she said, I have no ass meat, sissy. And it's just so funny. But, you know, she, she got too thin. And as most cancer patients or anyone undergoing chemotherapy, um, often that happens. Um, and she kind of realized the flip side of it, you know, like her body was not meant to be that thin. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really difficult. It's hard to watch. And so did you go back to teaching or? I, I did for a little bit of time. I, I taught for um, four more years and I actually took a position in her middle school. Um, you know, I had been teaching in, in the same school district, so I knew everybody. And um, I just got to a point where it was too difficult. Like I just really, it, it was too hard. Um, and also just, I can't even imagine being a teacher today and going through COVID but because this was in 2005 and it just got to a point where it, it was ridiculous what the expectation of teachers was. And, um, and it was so frustrating and I was not very good at keeping my mouth shut <laughs> and, and playing the politics. Like I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so, uh, so I quit teaching. I um, worked on a research study at UCLA, which was amazing, which kind of happened by accident, but that was the last place my sister was treated. And so it kind of felt like in a way I was giving back, you know, to them because I worked on a, on a pediatric research study. And, um, and then I, I did go back to school to get my master's. And so I, I did actually teach again as a graduate TA. And then I also became an adjunct professor and, and I had this like illusion that teaching adults would be better than teaching kids because, <laughs> because I wouldn't have to deal with parents. I thought, Oh, this will be better, but it I was think not. Those would be worse. Oh my I gosh. Those would be worse. They, they, was, they would swear they know everything. Well, and I taught <laughs> um, a gatekeeper class. So I taught a writing course, an intro writing class. Um, and the students had to pass my class and the intro math class to continue at the university. And, um, you know, I, I'll tell you my favorite story because it still stands out. So, and this was online, by the way. So it's kind of funny. So this was before Zoom and everything, but this was entirely online. And um, I had this one student um, who got really upset that she ended up failing my class. And it was because her final paper was 100% plagiarized. And now <laughs> they have all these tools for teachers. But I mean, you know, when you turn in a paper that doesn't sound like anything else you've ever written, all I did was copy and paste a few sentences 
throw it into Google. And again, this was before Google is the way it is now. And I found out she plagiarized it. And her response to this was, well, it's not my fault. My sister wrote my paper. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you. Okay. So I don't know what to say. So you mean your sister plagiarized your paper? Yes. Her sister plagiarized her paper. It's like, uh, well, your sis, you, you should have done the work. Had you done the work, you probably would have passed, yeah. but you didn't do it. And your sister plagiarized and now you failed. And she was kicked out of school. And, and I, I, yeah, I just got to the point where I was like, oh gosh, I can't do this anymore. Just oh. <laughs> So when COVID started, this is this is a joke me and my nephew had. I, I was like, parents are gonna fi- really find out that it's their children and not the teacher's fault. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Look, I, oh, I, 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 I said, yeah, I said a lot of parents are gonna really find out that all this whole time where they've been saying, "Oh, that teacher's hard," was the teacher's fault. You're gonna find out it's little Jimmy's fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I used to tell when I was, when I was, when I was teaching middle school, I would tell parents, I would say like, this is like a triangle here and everybody has to pull their weight. And I'm only one point in the triangle and you're another point, you know, your responsibility as the parent is to do X, Y, Z. And then your, your son, your daughter, your student is the other point. They have to be willing to do it. And I said, and if these three things don't work together, then there's, there's nothing I can do on my own. Like there's nothing, I just me alone. And you know, it was just, it was mind boggling, you know, like we had one mother that, yeah, to your point was mad at me because her son was failing and yet he's failing and he took pride in failing, by the way, like took pride, this kid in failing, like, and to fail that badly took a lot of effort on his part. Like it took actual effort to fail. And yet she was buying him new tennis shoes every single week. So it's like, well, what message are you sending? You know, it was, it was, oh. it was just maddening because I, I didn't do everything right, but I was a really good parent and I had a lot of compassion, but I also had a lot of boundaries. Um, and there were a lot of rules in our house and my sister was expected to follow them, you know, end of yeah. discussion. Like this is the way it has to be. So. Absolutely. Oh man, but I, I've I've had a great time speaking with you, Andrea. Me too. This has been, this has been great. Um, <laughs> um, now is the time where you get to uh, you get the solo screen and you get to plug away, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can check you out, what web's your website, everything. Even though that's already in the description of the show. Sure. But, um, no, I appreciate it. I, although I'm yeah. really curious about this person that was blocked six nine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. I was. I had you? to block them. <laughs> Well, if you want to get my book, Better Off Bald, go to betteroffbald.com. Again, all the online retailers are there, and you can also buy it from me directly if you'd like an autographed copy. Um, although if you're outside the U.S., you're better off just buying it on Amazon. I'm just saying. And uh, uh, to learn more about my nonprofit, which is in memory of my sister, uh, go to bluefairy.org, B-L-U-E-F-A-E-R-Y.org. Um, and that is a nonprofit dedicated to liver cancer. And then I also have a a digital health media company, Cancer University. And if you go to cancer.university, you can learn more about us. You can join our community and um, which we are now hosting on locals. And also if you are a cancer patient, a caregiver of a cancer patient, a survivor or a provider of any kind who treats cancer patients, 
we would love to have you on the podcast and you can find all of that information out on cancer.university. Oh, that, that's everybody. It's going to um, be in the description of the show. You can check it out. Um, definitely check out all the, check out all her pages, check out her Instagram, uh, <laughs> everything, follow her. Um, I appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story. Oh thank yeah. You. Thank you for, for sharing yours wise. I really appreciate it. Oh man. I, I just love to be able to, 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 to do my show, to do, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do the show. So thank you, but um, don't leave just yet. We're going to okay. chat a little bit after, but um, it's now it's time for me to do my shout outs. All right. Big shout out to, to real wise fam, Bobby J, Brandy J. Love you guys. Big shout out to everybody in the chat who showed love. I don't know who the Facebook users are, but thank you guys. Uh, big shout out to Angela. Uh, her show will be coming out soon. I am Wild Podcast. Uh, the BS3 Network, what's going on? Um, yeah, whoever was blocked, you were blocked for a reason. <laughs> but uh, big shout out to Andrea Wilson Woods for coming through and, and sharing her story once again. And as always, big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. You know how your boy Wise does it. Peace out. Thank you.